listeners, believe it or not, we've made it to episode 10 of Id, Ego, and Us. I'm Shreya. I'm Julia. And today's episode is about revolution, reign, rank, and remembering. Today's segments are hindsight, where we'll discuss the French Revolution, Greek mythology, and the tale of Jason. And we'll finish the episode off with Would You Rather and Food for Thought. Let's get into it. segment of the episode is hindsight and our historical event for today is the french revolution to start off let's review some vocabulary the first term is absolute monarchy that's when one monarch had absolute power over society it was popular between the medieval times until the end of the 18th century this is also closely related to the divine right the idea that these kings were chosen by god to rule The monarchs were one part of the population, and the other three classes were split into what was called the three estates. The highest estate was made up of clergies, people involved with the church, so that's the pope, the bishops, and the priests. This was only 1% of the population. The second highest estate consisted of nobles. These were well-known wealthy people that owned a lot of land. This was 2% of the population. The lowest estate was one of the commoners, the workers, the peasants, and the middle class. They made up 97% of the population. The imbalance of these estates was one of the biggest reasons for the French Revolution. What was happening is that the lowest estate, the commoners, ended up paying large amounts of taxes to support the already wealthy upper estates. The commoners were struggling to make ends meet while the clergies and the nobles lived extravagantly. Naturally, this angered the commoners and this led to the raiding of the Bastille Fortress, a symbol of royalty and power. Following the storming of the Bastille, the Declaration of the Rights of Man was written by Marquis de Lafayette, I apologize if I said that wrong, who was inspired to write it after he fought in the American Revolution. The Declaration of the Rights of Man was also inspired by the Enlightenment, a topic I don't think we talked about yet, but we definitely will. In summary, it was a period of time when people moved away from the religious medieval times and focused on the development of art, science, and philosophy. The Declaration of the Rights of Man reflects the ideas of the Enlightenment because it advocated for individual rights, equality for all men, and established rules that ensure the safety of the people. These rules also protected the said rights of man, which gave common people more power over themselves. The Declaration of Rights reflected new ideas that the Enlightenment had discussed and gave inspiration to the new rights and freedoms for the people of France. It also made sure that no one had more of an advantage over the other. This was so that no one had an unfair amount of rights or freedom. Some parts of the Declaration mentioned the freedom of speech, which allowed people to freely share their opinions. There were also rules that brought fairness and punishments and protected people from being wrongly accused or punished. With the freedom people got from the Declaration of the Rights of Man, they were able to safely express themselves through art, which was also a significant component of the Enlightenment. They were also given the courage to take on scientific discoveries and were able to live their lives without the constant fear or pressure of supporting the other classes. Similar to the storming of the Bastille, there were many other events that eventually led to the French Revolution, and most of them involved the use of a guillotine. It was something exciting for the people back then because it was a new new invention and it was efficient in doing its job, which was to execute people. So that brings us to the Reign of Terror. The Reign of Terror began on September 5th, 1793 and ended on July 28th, 1794. After the storming of the Bastille, the government grew suspicious and began executing anyone that was suspected to be unloyal to the rebellion. 
It started with Robespierre saying that the terror would bring form to France and uh, ended when he was executed. The reign of terror encouraged people to be cautious of their words and actions as a way to save their lives. Around 17,000 people were killed by guillotines and over 200,000 people were arrested. It was actually at the beginning of the reign of terror that Marie Antoinette was executed. Fast forward to the ascent of Napoleon Bonaparte. He did a number of things to benefit France, such as revolutionizing the military, establishing the concordat with the pap papacy, papacy, and reorganizing education. But perhaps his most important accomplishment was the promotion of the Enlightenment ideas, especially John Locke's, throughout Europe. One of the major ways he did it was to defeat the Austrian Empire and inspire people to fight for freedom. All the things he did for France shows that he truly cared for his country, which is something that the previous monarchs did not. They were so caught up in their own wealth and power that they never really were concerned about their people, which again led to the rebellion. That's all for hindsight today. Let's head into Greek mythology where Julia will talk about Jason. Today's Greek mythology segment is on a hero by the name of Jason. Jason is an honorable name in Greek mythology, and this is because of this legend that we'll be talking about today. So, Jason was the son of Aeson, the son of Ioclos in Thessaly. The beginning of his story goes that his father's half-brother, Peleus, seized Ioclos from them. In order to keep the heir to the throne safe, Jason was sent away to the centaur Chiron, who we'll get into in the next episode we do Greek mythology. Jason returned to his homeland, now a young man, and his uncle promised to return his inheritance if he would fetch the Golden Fleece from Colchis. A bit of background on the Golden Fleece, because it seemed uh, necessary to make an entire segment on it. The Golden Fleece was the fleece of the golden-wooled winged ram Chrysomylos. Jason's ancestors on his other uncle's side had an extremely complicated family tree. Essentially, his uncle married twice, and one of the wives did not like the children of the other wife, who happened to be the cloud guide goddess, Ina. The other, vengeful wife, plotted to have one of said children killed. In order to prevent this, Ina brought her children the Golden Fleece so they could escape with it over sea. One of the children drowned, but the other made it, and he sacrificed the ram and hung its fleece in the grove of Ares, where it was guarded by a sleepless dragon. Uh, this became a grand symbol of authority and kingship, and was very difficult to obtain, making this task given to Jason nearly impossible, which I suppose is why it was given to him in the first place. So Jason called upon the noblest of heroes of Greece to take part in his quest. This consisted of many different heroes, all of which contributed to the eventual obtaining of the fleece, but to go through each endeavor would make uh, the segment hours and hours long. So essentially, they voyaged on a ship, the Ergo, and went through many trials to reach Colchis. Upon arriving, they found that the king, Aetes, would not give up the fleece until Jason wrangled the king's fire-snorting bulls and plowed the field of Ares. After having done this, he was to sow the field with dragon's teeth from which armed men were supposedly going to spring and Aetes' daughter, a sorceress named Media, who had fallen in love with Jason, gave him a salve that protected him from the bull's fire and told him to cast a stone at the newborn warriors to make them fight each other to death. After Jason went through all this struggle, Aetes would still not hand over the fleece, but Media put the dragon to sleep, meaning Jason was able to leave with both the fleece and Media. 
Jason and Media returned to Iocles where Media murdered Peleus, and she and Jason were driven out by Peleus' son and had to take refuge with another king, Creon, of Corinth. Later, Jason de deserted Media for Creon's daughter, and that sparked other tales involving Media, but this is the end of the first of Jason's many quests. Let's move on to Would You Rather. Okay, today's first Would You Rather question is, would you rather be an average person now or a king or queen hundreds of years ago? I think I'd like to go first today. Um, I think that I would rather be a, an, an average person now because I feel like uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, the conditions were unimaginable. Like uh, hygiene didn't exist. Um, there was like wars. And I just feel like I wouldn't want to be in control at a time like that because I feel like then I would have so much responsibility. Um, like being a king or queen hundreds and hundreds of years ago is way different than being like the president now. Um, so I feel like um, given the conditions of the past, I think I would rather be an average person now. I feel like we have so many more resources and um, the power wouldn't really do anything because we're like the democracy and where where we lived, it's democracy. So I feel like power's pretty spread out. Um, so yeah, I would rather be an average person now than a king or a queen hundreds of years ago. Okay, Julia, what are your thoughts? Uh, so I definitely agree with you. I think for the same reason, I would rather be an average person now than a king or queen hundreds of years ago uh mostly because our standard for living is just a lot higher than theirs and i feel like the issues of that time were a lot less civil than they are today and like you said about hygiene as well as the fact that i'd say they well depending on what time we're talking about um well hundreds of years ago their like uh length of uh, length of life was about 30 40 years and I'd rather live a f full life as an average person with all of the advantages that we have now, with all of the opportunities that we have now, than to be a king or a queen hundreds of years ago. Because really, what do you gain in being a king or queen? Yes, you are royalty. Yes, you get treated like royalty. But their being treated like royalty was getting access to the good food, uh, being able to be driven by other people in their carriages. And this is really... Everything that was given to a king or queen hundreds of years ago are things that we have access to as regular people in the present day, as well as much, much more. Uh, things like education, uh, other opportunities, as I said earlier. And so I think that I would rather be an average person now, get to live longer and have the same opportunities than be a king or queen hundreds of years ago, and really all you would gain is the stress of having to rule a country. Uh, does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay, so I think that's all we have for this question. Sure, do you want to tell us the next question? Yes, so the second question is, would you rather dine alone or watch a movie alone? Julia, would you like to go first? Yeah, um, I don't really know that I have a preference. I think that I enjoy eating alone sometimes just because I always do with my family and sometimes it's good to just sit there in silence and just eat and be done with it and get to, get to go and do my other things as soon as I'm done. Uh, but I also like watching movies alone because other people talk and they need to go use the bathrooms, you have to pause it, and they eat all the popcorn, and so I don't really have a preference. Um, 
I'd say watch a movie because I think eating alone all the time could get really lonely, but watching a movie, you know, there's something there to entertain you. Um, you don't really need other people to watch a movie with. Uh, I can gather my own ideas about the film. And so, yeah, that's my opinion, Shreya. So I'm going to agree with you. I also would rather watch a movie alone. Um, and I feel like um, I'd rather want a... A peace of mind while watching a movie so that I can be fully focused on the movie rather than when I'm eating because I feel like eating with like a group of friends or like with your family is um, more fun than eating by yourself because usually I, I don't think I've ever like I don't I can't I, I don't remember eating alone ever um, but I, I feel like it'd be really sad because I'm so used to eating with other people um, I usually eat with my family a lot so I don't know, I feel like just because I'm so used to eating with other people, I can't imagine it any other way, but movies I watch by myself all the time, and it's really peaceful, and um, yes, you can focus on the movie better, no distractions from people that don't, that uh, have no idea what's going on, and you have to explain things, yeah, so I agree with watching a movie alone. Alright, so I think we're done with that segment, let's move on to food for thought. Welcome to Food for Thought. So today's question needs a little bit of backstory. So I've been watching this documentary on Netflix and I learned that memories are very often construed to be whatever it is that we want to remember. Uh, Many people pretend, not pretend, have convinced themselves that an event went one way when really something else completely different had happened. So today's question is, what if one of your long-held memories is actually completely true? isn't actually completely true. Does it matter? So to repeat the question, what if one of your long-held memories isn't completely true? Does that matter? How does that affect you as a person? Um, I think I'd like to start off just because I kept this question a secret from Shreya so that she would be surprised when it got here. Um, To give her a second to think, I would say that if the memory has influenced your life, if you remember this having to have happened and because this happened it has made you act in one way or another no matter whether it happened or not then that memory is still true to your person it still had an effect on who you are so it does not matter whether or not it happened but in the event that you construed the memory in your head to have in that moment had some grand effect on you like say you fell off of a roller coaster and you lost uh, complete control of your legs and now you are paralyzed uh, that would be something that did not actually happen and would have affected you in the moment and if you find that that wasn't true and you've just convinced yourself that this horrendous event has happened to you then that would matter because obviously it isn't true and you've just made yourself to think that way so I think that the difference is whether or not it affected you in the moment or it affected the way that your life played out in the future um Shreya do you have any thoughts on this yes so I really like the question because um I I don't know if this happens to a lot of people but I just have a random collection of memories from when I was younger and uh mm, I feel like whenever like I say them, people are like, you were a baby, you don't remember it. But for some reason, I do. Like, I'm not, I don't think I have, like, uh, that kind of 
amazing memory, but there's just some things that that were just etched into my mind. Um, it's something like if I was like really really embarrassed about something, I I probably remember it. Um, if I was if I was like really interested in something that someone said, I'd remember that dialogue and it just like pop into my head once in a while. Um, and I feel like I think it does matter uh, if if you're remembering it incorrectly because I feel like one of the reasons that it happened like you kind of uh, rephrase your memories like rearrange your memories and like add some new information or like skip over some information is I feel like as you grow older your ideas begin begin to change um, as you learn more things as you develop you are introduced to like all these new things and then like your beliefs might change and therefore your memories might change with them because again your brain is constantly changing uh you're thinking about so many things like you're you're so busy and i feel like sometimes that interferes with your memories and it does matter um you certainly don't want to remember the wrong thing like just simply i'm gonna say like let's say uh you're an adult and you remember uh, what is it like learning slope in middle school correct and what if you remember it wrong like of, of course it's gonna affect you um that's just like a very simple thing though things like that you can search it up and learn it again but things like uh the paralyzed legs that you were talking about like those life-changing memories if you're gonna like convince yourself that something else happened um even though it's like really significant and it's a part of who you are if you're gonna try try to change that about yourself then of course that's unhealthy and um like toxic even to yourself and the people around you so yes if you're gonna remember things incorrectly yes that's gonna matter but i guess it's inevitable because you know humans and brains and progression so yeah do you have anything else to say you want to add on to your previous thoughts yeah, so I think I'm going to stick with what I said previously about whether it affects you in the moment or if it affects your actions in the future. Uh, that is what makes it uh, what whether or not it matters or not. But I found what you said about being a kid interesting because I've had sort of the same experience where my parents will bring up a moment. They'll be like, oh, when you were a kid, this happened. And I'd go, yeah, I remember that happening. And then this happened. And they'll go, wait. There's no way you can remember that. You were too young. But I do remember it. And it's something that's just, like you said, etched in my brain. Um, uh, and I'd like to know. Like, it'd be interesting to see how altered my memories are. And how accurate they are. Because it's always made to seem like if you were a kid, then those memories must not be accurate. But they are accurate to what everybody says. So how altered can they be is really what I've been thinking. Um, Shreya, if you don't have any more thoughts on this... We're going to move straight into the outro, so a few announcements for today. Uh, our Instagram is now up. It's the same at, uh, handle as our Twitter, id, ego, and us. No spaces, no caps, id, ego, and us. And recently we've de developed a link tree, and that is linked into our Instagram. It's essentially just all the links to where our podcast is uploaded. Uh, you have sure to think for that. I have no idea how it works, but I'm sure it's very easy to use. And that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day.